Reptile Fight Club. How are you doing, Chuck? I'm doing well. How are you, Justin? I'm doing good. I guess I've forgotten how to do this. It's been a little while. It's it has good. been a little while. It's a holiday break. It was a good holiday break. I feel like I've been away for long enough that I'm ready to start doing these podcasts again. So Yeah. Yeah, we've got a good one today, too. So that should be fun. We do. Yep. I, uh, I'm a little uh, worn out. I took, took the girls up uh, for... Got my daily dose of vitamin ski and went up to, nice. the, to the, hit the hit the uh, the slopes a little bit, but um, it's a little icy up there. It was raining in the mountains for crying out loud in the early. Part it does. Of it will do that. It will. Yeah, do that. it usually doesn't around here, so it's a little surprising. But nice and icy. But they did have some groom trails that were all right. But yeah. It's did a you, nice did you, out there. did you shred some sick snow, dude? <laughs> oh yeah. Nice. for an old guy i'm afraid to fall for an down. Old guy. i'm gonna break well, something I, or something i know but yeah. you can't say it like that because then, <laughs> then i get this this like mental image of justin in some like cross-country skis just <laughs> skiing through the skiing yeah. through the woods or something i don't know nah, it's all downhill man okay, yeah, yeah. I guess well you at, at your age it sure is i mean yeah <laughs> it's all downhill oh that was good man that was good. i'm sorry i'm sorry well anything going on good you're um you're... Yeah, just you know, stay staying busy with geckos. Uh, just I got some um, those viper geckos I just picked up oh, yeah. uh, laid eggs, so cool. now I have oh, eggs wow. from the viper yeah, geckos yeah, already. Eggs so. from them. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, things things are good here. Just uh, did some cage cleaning today, and you know the the standard upkeep and maintenance. Um, nice. So yeah. yeah, how about you? Yeah, things are good. A little slow with the uh, cool down, so that's been nice. Nice little break, quiet yeah. time over here. So, yeah, can't complain I'm, about I'm that. Enjoy- I'm enjoying that a little bit. Yeah, I did a little cleaning earlier today. Yeah, you um, uh, you have anything that looks uh, promising? Your your blackheads uh, doing much or they they look promising, but they also look promising last year and didn't do right, anything. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're on schedule for I. I I've gotten what three or four clutches out of them over the last several years, and I just haven't been able to hatch them out. So that's the key. Yeah, yeah. I need to revamp the cage a little bit for egg laying season. I'm going to try out uh, to kind of uh, give them like a false burrow system type thing. So they're like like down into to the substrate or like in like a have like a fake cave type thing you know so they can go down into it but it's like subterranean hide type thing within the cage so they're not the best at um wrapping their eggs at least my female isn't she's terrible so yeah you're just gonna stuff them down in a hole and be like you (laughs) have no choice but to wrap up your eggs. exactly well then at least they'll have some kind of relative humidity or something down in there maybe yeah i don't know yeah. keep them from desiccating too quickly if she doesn't wrap them but yeah we'll see if that helps i don't know are you, you're yeah. so you're are you gonna let them just uh um oh no uh, i'll take them okay oh, <laughs> yeah okay. yeah okay. i almost got some last time she laid so that was i got close they died you know just a couple weeks from hatching so that was kind of a bummer to see them kind of fully formed and yeah but yeah. so hopefully this is my year for blackheads that would be yeah. nice Yep, and I need to produce more inlands this year too. That'd be cool. Nice. My my uh, my albino variegata are looking mm-hmm. pretty good, so they may they may go. Nice. Yeah, I think I'm gonna pair mine up too. I nice. I threw them together for a bit, and the female like bit the male. <laughs> she was mm-hmm. thinking it was time to eat or something. So I'm like, oh, are, are yours already? Are are yours evil? Um, the females. Yeah, I mean they're they'd like to eat so. 
I don't like handle them too often, but they, they seem to be ready to strike. As soon so as the I got my pair from Todd, Todd and Carrie. Well, and there's your problem. Oh Anything that comes from God. Carrie. Is <laughs> they, <laughs> are, <laughs> they are Satan incarnate. dude. I don't know Holy what Todd's doing cow. to those poor snakes, but <laughs> the, they just, you just touch them and they just like flip out and they're like striking at, Oh man, wow. it, is, it is aggressive. Yeah, that bad. I can usually get them out and I'll settle down a bit. But. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've, had scrub pythons that are 10 times calmer than these things though um i've had nervous scrub pythons that are calmer than these things so yeah yeah so good times fun stuff yeah well i uh i was listening to the the different holiday shows i'll man all the neck or the network or the podcasts on the network seem to be doing holiday shows so maybe we need to get one together next year or something i don't know if there's enough of those we'll do like a groundhog's day show or something but um, so are we like reptile grinch club or i think so something like that i don't know oh man but i i I, uh i neglected to uh acknowledge um darren boswell for his idea for last last week's uh podcast so (laughs) shout out to darren thanks man credit where credit is due thank you darren yeah he also uh sent in a i the, the picture quality wasn't the best, but it's a really cool picture of this Flinders Ranges carpet python under the water, like in ambush position for the, nice. for the book. So that's pretty sweet. I'm pretty excited about that. So, yeah, we're getting really close. Uh, got most of the layouts done, getting them back from Russ now and going through the the layouts with the photos. So it's taken. Sweet. So you have all the chapters in or, or, uh, pretty much, I think just a small, well, we're just waiting on, I think Nick has Warren section. So I think we're, we're oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, so it's, it's basically just the, the stuff that Warren had to finish up and, yep. or, or, and okay. now we got to do the layouts and proof them and stuff. And then yeah, time to get it. Printed. Nice. So dude. I'm stoked. <laughs> so well done, sir. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure. I'm sure. It's, yeah. I mean, it's been a, it's been kind of a road. So yeah. Uh, and then sure. on to the next project. So yeah, got another, another book in the wings that we're starting to. So are you? Yeah. Should be fun. Okay. Little, it should be a little shorter. There's only a couple species in this genus. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes, but let's see if we can get a decent sized book out of it. But Yep. I guess I'll talk you, about that you, at a later, you, later time. Yeah. Are you, are you doing that by yourself or is that a joint no, project? No. Uh, it's actually a big group, uh, comparatively. Oh, nice. <laughs> so cool. there's four of it, four of us working on it. So, yeah. All right, folks, there you go. There's your yeah. teaser. I'm in the dark. You're in the dark. Everybody's in the dark, but there's something coming. So. Sorry. Why did I even bring that up? Right. Oh. Um, but no, it was, it was kind of like, um, somebody, I, I got a call and they said, Hey, are you, I was thinking about writing this book and I said, Hey, funny thing, me and Nick, were going to write the same book. And then, and then, so it became a joint project and we joined forces. So it should be still fun. not going to tell us any more than that. So thanks, I think thanks that's for, it. You might have to Thanks guess, for right? nothing. Jewander. All right. All right. Well, uh, enough, enough uh, of this. Moving chat. on. Moving on. <laughs> let's, let's get our wonderful guest on here. So let's do that. we have with us Adeline Robinson and we're going to talk about art. So, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself, how you fit into herpetoculture. Hey there. Thank you so much for having me. First off, um, I am, it's always really funny. I feel like explaining what I do to most people. <laughs> um, yeah. I am a wildlife artist that specializes in reptiles and exotics. I've been working in the animal industry for a very long time and, um, you know, kind of through working with them, just kind of 
it continued to develop my passion for them. And mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, I decided to pick up artwork again, and it kind of snowballed from there. So I'm really happy to be involved with, um, you know, not only working with different breeders of different species, but being able to work on different projects with uh, publications or like scientific illustrations with them and mm-hmm. conservation fundraisers. So it's okay. really fun to be able to tie all of that together. So my, you know, my bread and butter for the most part is doing uh, high detail realism commissions uh-huh. of different species and then doing logos and graphic design for different breeders oh, and cool. other businesses as well. Yeah, I just saw the one you did for uh, <laughs> Christian and cold-blooded science. Yeah, uh, yeah that was that a was fun cool. one. That was yeah, cool. That was cool. Yeah. Well, oh, thank like you. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was when he brought the idea to me, I was like, I, I absolutely have to do this. It sounds, uh, <laughs> it, it just sounded like such a fun idea to do. Yeah. So I had, I had a blast working on it. Yeah, I guess, I guess I've seen several that you've done. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's, that's really cool. You're, you're getting your name out there and seeing a lot of good work from you. So that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's you, so, I've, like, you've obviously oh, been doing art for a long time and you've been doing, seems like you've been doing reptiles for a long time. Was there one that came first in your life or, you know, were they, you know, were you pretty much doing both of those things for? So they were started off at the same time, separated for a bit. And actually I, I went a very long year without doing, or a long year. I went several years, quite a long time of not doing any art. So as a small <sighs> kid, I grew up in a household with snakes and I, you know, had a beardy and fish tanks and a bunch of animals at home and have pretty much just been drawing since I was little at the same time. Yep. Um, so I've, always had animals i've always been doing artwork and then in high school started picking up a lot doing a ton of art classes and getting really into it and then pretty much as soon as i graduated i kind of just spent all my focus on what i was doing um and you know just working with animals for the most part so i kind of kicked art to the side and didn't really do much with it i did maybe like two or three pieces uh, little doodles for like a friend or something like mm-hmm. per year. Uh, so I was just so focused on, you know, I was working at a pet store at a wildlife center, uh, you know, working with horses and a bunch of different stuff. So I was kind of trying to build up my career with animals. And um, I ended up a few years ago getting a job offer to move out of state for an auction company. I was picking up a lot of graphic design work. And um, once I moved out of state, I worked with them for a while and it just, it was not very well managed mm-hmm. and I had left everything that I loved and everything that I know or everything that I knew to be out there and it just wasn't working out. And I, I really missed the community. I really missed the hobby and being able to be surrounded by my friends, you know, at shows and whatnot. So I started just doing some artwork for fun and uh, kind of just started with like a little Instagram challenge with uh, Inktober. And then pretty much from there, a few of my other friends that, you know, kept some really cool species were like, hey, you know, I'd, I'd love to commission you to draw one of my snakes. And I had just started. I was like, oh, I'd be honored. Like, I can't believe you would ask me to do that. Yeah. yeah. So pretty much from there, I started a, an art account and then just started drawing more and more. And then people were asking about logo work. And I was like, yeah, I, I could do that. Sure. You know, I, I designed banners. I was doing designing catalogs and flyers and stuff so I was already um a little bit well versed in that department and then it kind of kind of took off on its own I ended up um leaving that job to pursue reptile art full-time 
Very cool. And yeah, and February it'll be my two years of, of doing it full time. Awesome. Nice. Uh, nice. That's I, great. I just yeah. I think those are <laughs> such interesting stories where people have, you know, just, just you know, kind of just passions that are kind of unrelated to each other, but they find their way into, you know, kind of being interrelated and here you are kind of making a, a living at it. So I, I just, I don't know. I, I find that pretty interesting. And, and uh, I did, you know, I, I kind of had a little similar of a story where I didn't do, I, I drew, I drew a little as a kid, but once I got into high school uh, became very interested in art and um, do, did, did a lot of uh, subtractive sculpture um, ended up going to college as an art major, but, but I, and I just kind of stopped doing it after, uh, I left. So I, 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 I flunked out my first year, like was not ready for college partied, had a great time, but was not good. And, uh, when I, you know, when I left, I went into the service and I just stopped doing art. So, um, yeah, it's it, it's uh, I, I'm really glad to hear you got back into it and look at you now. So, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's really that's awesome. crazy. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I didn't didn't expect to actually pick it up again because it was just, you know, every so often, um, every couple couple of years, I would do something really small. And mm-hmm. then it was pretty much like literally at the end of like, I think it was like at the beginning of 2019 is when I picked it up again. And I kind of started at that high school level that mm-hmm. I stopped at which, you know, I kind of was expecting. But one thing that I think was a bit interesting, though, was because I was a bit older and a bit wiser, I was able to kind of break down what I was drawing um, a little bit easier, or I guess see it a little bit more subjectively. So I was able to critique my work more effectively Mm -hmm. than I was then. And, um, you know, with just practicing and always trying to better my pieces, it's it's fun to see that grow. Yeah, for sure. That's very cool. That's yeah. crazy because I I also grew up drawing and I I uh, I I think it was what a two or three years ago as well I picked up I I was walking through a craft sh- store with my wife and I I saw uh, wood burning stuff and I'm like oh that looks kind of cool maybe oh, I'll yeah. try that out you know I remember <laughs> and so I started I, doing I, some wood burnings and I got a couple commissions uh, what uh, the Alice Springs Reptile Park bought a few of my pieces to oh, hang up in, cool. in their place, and yeah, I, so it's been fun. Awesome. I, I need to start doing it again. We moved. And I was just gonna say, what happened to that? Because that yeah. was that was going good for you there for a minute. I, I that is hard to a, do. I admire that. <laughs> I I have this uh, Parenti piece that I that I did uh, just that is gorgeous. Wait, <laughs> I gotta show you something. Uh-huh. <laughs> like my favorite lizard so. oh that's I awesome did. yeah i, I just saw that cool. that's awesome we got matching <laughs> matching parentes that is awesome that's cool that is gorgeous it doesn't get much cooler than that folks <laughs> yeah so and like my shirt i i made this out of a parenti oh, this did? is more digital art but a parenti photo that i took in western you, australia and did like a little logo shirts? thing what's that are you selling shirts? Uh, yeah, I, I've got a few. Yeah, if you want one, I'll send you one. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Kind of but so there. Yeah, I think I think we've got some common interests here. This is kind of fun. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, what I, I I I can't help but ask more questions. But I know this isn't like an interview t- style show. But um, what like do you prefer to? What medium do you prefer to? Do you like like paper with uh, um, pencils and stuff, or do you like uh, do it? digitally or what all of it what um, do you do? i like to dabble in just about anything that i can 
Mm-hmm. Um, like throughout high school, I did a lot of work in oil, a lot of work in acrylics, uh, pastels and stuff. But lately, for the last couple of years, I've been primarily focusing on Copic fine art markers. Okay. So I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're alcohol based. Oh. So they blend really nicely together. Mm-hmm. And like, say you take two colors and kind of mix them together, you can get an alcohol blender, like mm-hmm. a blender marker to mm-hmm. make it even more, oh, okay. um, more of a gradient, I guess. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I'm mostly been working in. Uh, I just pick up some new paints. Um, I hadn't worked in acrylic in over a year and then worked on that for NTP. So now I'm like, oh yeah, painting's really fun. Why don't I paint? So <laughs> yeah. I'll probably try to pick that up again. Uh, but most cool. of the work, the high detail realism stuff I do is in the uh, COVID markers and the, the drawing pads. Okay. But yeah, I've got cool. a bunch of bunch of stuff behind me. So whenever I kind of <laughs> have a whim, I've got like some wood pieces here too that I drew on and that we cut out uh, that I'm hoping to paint soon. So kind of all over the board. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's how, that's the beauty of art is there's a lot of different media to keep you interested. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. ordered a, a, one of the like pens that goes along. I saw something online, like a YouTube video of this uh, program on iPad that you could, you know, draw and it looked pretty cool. Oh, so I'm like, appropriate? I need, I need, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is, that's <laughs> mostly what I use. Okay. It is amazing. It is uh-huh. so so worth the the $10 it is. Yeah. And um, if you've got an iPad, if you have an Apple pencil, uh-huh. it, it's pretty amazing because you know how, when you have a graphite pencil and you tilt it to the side, yeah. the, the lead or the, the graphite will kind of make that wider uh-huh. stroke area. It, it'll do the same thing. Oh, cool. And so it's yeah. really cool. Cause you could just pick whatever medium you want digitally mm-hmm. and play with it. And that's, that's where I do a lot of my, my, um, you know, graphic design work is on. Very cool. Yeah. I thought I saw somebody that did some illustrations and they looked really cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I want to try that. So yeah. And like every style too, with all those mm-hmm. different brushes and you could get like yeah. custom brush packs and stuff too. Cool. Well, I'll have to pick your brain once it gets here. <laughs> see, oh, for sure. see how to use it. But yeah, that's cool. All right. Well, are you ready to fight? I am. <laughs> let's, uh, let's get something going here. So we're going to talk about, um, since, you know, with the, the art as the theme, we're going to talk about, you know, is, does art still have a place in, in herpetoculture or herpetology or, you know, the, the reptile, um, area in general, um, or, you know, is like digital photography so easy. And so, you know, you can get such great pictures these days. Is that a better way to, to get things going. So we'll kind of debate that back and forth. So first off, we'll flip the coin to see who you get a debate today. <laughs> Chuck, you want to call it? Sure. All right, here we go. See if your luck changed over the break here. It is tails. Ah, yeah. look at that. <laughs> yeah. So would you like to debate Adeline or? No, like I'm going to gonna let you debate oh, and okay. I'm just going to moderate <laughs> and probably ask questions because all I right. feel like I have like so many questions I could ask. Like I, I feel like this is a great like interview for, for I, I, you're right. Like you said, it's not an interview style uh, <laughs> uh, podcast, but I, I just have so many great questions that I feel like hopefully we we kind of touch into these topics. But I, I would like to be free to be able to just can I jump in here with a question? So, <laughs> All right, sounds good. Yeah. All right, now uh, you get to call the next one, Adeline, Adeline, to see who which uh, side of the topic you get. So. All right. Go ahead and call it. I'll go ahead. 
in its heads. <laughs> Whoa! Two in a row! Man, two, in a row. two in a row. This is uh, unheard of. <laughs> I don't know how much you've listened to the podcast, but I am notorious for losing all, almost almost all of the the coin tosses. So the fact that Justin lost two in a row is a celebratory thing for me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, cheers. Yeah. A very very rare event, but I'll you know I'll take I'll take the loss. That's all right. You you gave me the opportunity to uh, debate, so that's, that's fair. That's, that's yeah. fair. Well, and I don't take want that. To Take that Australian herpetoculture podcast. They they suggested that our coin tosses were rigged. So I, what? You know, I, can you believe <laughs> <Listen>. that garbage? <laughs> what they, they what do they think that my there's no possibility my luck could be that bad? Right? Well, we do you, dude. It totally is. Those, yeah. those Aussies taking their shots on their holiday show. I just yeah. I don't know. <laughs> all how, right. How, well, how dare, how dare they question your your uh, incredulous? Uh, uh you know demeanor and uh i don't know i just question my honesty it just hurts guys i I can't i i i know you too well i know you too well (laughs) anyway i digress i need to get to know those australian herpeticulture guys jason and luke and you know they just need to know what an upstanding honest guy i am i guess (laughs) all right well since you won the coin toss which side would you like to take (laughs) um Take the pro side. Yeah, probably pro. I mean, I I feel like it's, I hear a lot of, um, yeah. Yeah, you probably have all the, you've probably heard all the con side, (laughs) haven't you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh All right. Well, um, yeah, this will be a little bit of a tricky, uh, tricky spot for me to be in to try to (laughs) debate the con because I, you know, I, I feel like, you know, there is a, there is a good spot, but anyway, um, since you won the coin toss, you also get to go first or defer to me to go first if you'd rather. So would you like to go first? You defer. I'll let you defer. So I'm interested to see (laughs) what questions you have. I'm interested too. Yeah. To see where, which way, which direction I go in here. But, um, so I guess kind of like I said in the intro, you know, uh, digital cameras and uh, have kind of made it very easy for us to get really good quality um, shots without having too much knowledge or have, without having to be professional photographers. Now, I mean, obviously, there's there is a big difference between a professional photographer and a, and a novice like myself, but I can still get, you know, a decent shot to illustrate different things. And, you know, I'm I'm putting a plenty of pictures in the book that I've taken just because, mm-hmm. you know, I uh, I think uh, there's. The, the technology is such that, you know, you really don't have to know a ton about photography. If you have kind of maybe an artistic mind, you can uh, stage things well enough and, and get, get a compelling shot, you know, that kind of thing. Um, also for, you know, maybe uh, scientific literature, you can get in really close, get, you know, scales and uh, get the fine details of the the subject that you're uh, photographing. Um, so I think, you know, in a lot of ways that, uh, and, and, you know, every time I go back and I, I mean, I like the old prints, you know, from like the 1800s for kind of maybe more campy value. Cause they're all, they're 
Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's hard to tell what exactly their subject was. You know, you're like, were you really looking at the animal or did you just keep it in memory or something? Because they're oh, sometimes they're a funny. little off. Yeah, <laughs> they're pretty entertaining sometimes. Well, you know, others are pretty good. But um, so, you know, are we going to look back in another hundred years and go, oh, man, what well, you know, these are these are terrible. If they, they should have just taken more pictures. So I'd, I'd start out with uh, that argument, I guess. All right. Well, there definitely is a wonderful place for photography. Um, I mean, it, it's pretty amazing, all the different things you can capture with it, you know, from habitats to specific scalation patterns and snakes, different colors, being able to tell differences. Um, some of the things that might be a little bit difficult, though, uh, especially with animals that look very close to each other, it's it can be very difficult, I know, from... My boyfriend is a photographer and we did some child photography for a while is trying to get your subjects to sit still or in the same positions. If you're trying to illustrate a difference in, you know, scalation and facial plates on one species versus another and they won't stop moving or you want to be able to set them side by side so that way the viewer can accurately tell them apart. It could be a little bit difficult just Mm -hmm. getting photographs of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes artwork can step in and kind of help illustrate the differences. Um, I've done some illustrations where it was a diagram of the head scales, different names of them, color coded, and then differences in different species and being able to accurately identify different parts of the animals as well that you wouldn't necessarily be able to see in a photo, especially medical, um, with medical photography or medical Mm -hmm. illustration. Yeah. You know, if you open up the inside of a snake, probably going to look like a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of guts. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you may not really be able to tell everything apart, even if it's got a little line with a name with mm-hmm. what it is. So That's a lot of true. times illustration will kind of help separate that and make it a little bit easier for us to understand, you know, what X, Y, and Z is. And to be able to kind of create stuff that doesn't necessarily exist mm-hmm. in another realm um and you see that with like a lot of you know paleo art and whatnot but yeah being able to put an animal in one setting or in a certain pose or um try to do something with it that photography may not be able to capture okay yeah i mean obviously those are some really good points and and that was kind of like i said earlier what drew me to try this uh, digital art was seeing some illustrations you know side by side different snake they were different species but they were all in the same pose it was probably the same Mm -hmm. basic shape or whatever and then you know the scale or or coloration differences made in so yeah obviously that's a that's a really uh useful thing especially if you've ever tried to get little Anteresia, you know, uh, children's python group babies to sit still for a photo oh, photograph. Yeah. It's almost yeah. impossible sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. forget about yeah. it. But so yeah. I appreciate that. But <laughs> um, I I think uh, you know, and like you said, in addition to you know, when even if you take a good photograph, you still sometimes have to overlay it with lines or you know to show where different things are because, like you said, it might be hard to to tell the difference. Um, so. The other, I guess, another point I would make is uh, the time. Um, you know, a digital photograph can, you know, as long as you can get the animal to sit still and, and get a get the pose you want, um, you know, it's it's instantly done and ready. You, you might have to do a little post uh, 
snapshot uh, processing or something to bump up your uh, values or whatever you need to do to make the photograph look like you like like it looks in reality but you know for artwork that can take a lot of time and some some of those pieces can take a really long time um that might be a little different with you know the digital media watching people i was watching some demonstrations and they seemed to do it pretty quickly but yeah it still took depends on the piece yeah yeah, yeah. But, but definitely um there's a lot more tools yeah. in digital artwork than you know we have you could always press the backspace mm-hmm. button mm-hmm. on procreate which has saved me a million times <laughs> um but yeah, yeah i mean it definitely yeah so so you know the the time that it would take to i uh, I, I was hearing, uh, or I follow a paleo artist on, on, uh, one of the social media sites and, and hearing all the projects he's got going, he can't really talk about them, you know, cause he's working on the, and, and, you know, all the art takes quite a bit of time. I guess they're writing it. So that takes some time too. <laughs> writing books can take an inordinate amount of time sometimes. Uh, but, uh, so, you know, but the, the time that it takes can be, uh, maybe a downfall for for art sometimes i don't know man the time has been taking you guys <laughs> to collect all those pictures for the carpet book seems to be uh not a small not a small amount of time sorry yeah i mean it's what 600 page book <laughs> it's gonna take a little bit but hopefully it's worth the wait <laughs> i had to get mine in there sorry there you go. yeah he's always taking pot shots uh, of course that's what the moderator does right <laughs> yeah. isn't that what i'm supposed i to didn't do? think that was part of your job description but... rats okay. <laughs> all right yeah so what do you think in regards to like time and stuff like that it can be both a hindrance and a wonderful thing at the same time. Um, I mean, I, there's so many different methods. And like you said, with digital art, you can get things done a lot more quickly that way. But at the same time, you could also suck yourself into it. Mm-hmm. I've got a tree monitor head that I've been working on that I'm like maybe 23 hours into. And all I have, it's just a head portrait up to the neck. Uh-huh. All I have done is from the nose to like maybe behind the eye uh-huh. the jaw and the whole neck i still have to do because <laughs> with the with the the wonders of technology i can zoom into every scale and uh, make it you know the size of my head yeah. and make you know for me being me i wanted to try to see how far i could take it in detail mm-hmm. and so with each scale being you know pristinely colored and shaded that that's taken a million years but I mean, I think that's part of the appeal though. Um, yeah. Well, I noticed whenever I recorded any of my pieces, people then realized how much time it took and how much you know skill it can take to be able to produce some of these works. Because unless you see the amount of time and work and blood, sweat and tears that goes into it, not everybody always understands, um, mm-hmm. I guess, kind of the value of it. So it almost kind of raises the value of the piece uh, in my opinion, because usually the, the longer I take, the more detailed I'm trying to get, the more I'm trying to hone my skills and produce a really good piece of artwork. Um, mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, humans are, we've always been attracted to music and the arts and uh, being able to see the things that we love done in different um, mediums and styles and just being able to pay homage to the things that we enjoy is something that is, is always going to be around. Whether it's going to be val- valued correctly or not is one thing. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's it it will always be enjoyed. Yeah. 
And, I mean, do, do you yeah. kind of feel like that 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 time that it takes to create that unique one-off piece of art actually kind of ties into you know it's it's ultimate value over time and um you know it's 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 one of a kindness i think so um i try to record a time lapse of pretty much any of the pieces that i do now so people can see and usually whenever i post a piece i try to go you know hey this piece this piece took 12 hours or this piece took 15 hours and that's consecutive that's without breaks that's without planning it out and sketching it or compiling the photos that I'm using for reference or the ideas. So a lot of hard work goes into it. And I think when people realize that they, they really appreciate what went into it rather than, mm -hmm. you know, thinking that I just, I grabbed a photograph and put a filter on it and just cut it out. Right. So I've had a, actually quite a few people um, at shows seem a bit confused that it was artwork. Um, and so I actually, I started drawing at the show so people can see, you know, this is something that I'm working on. This takes a lot of time. And then what, what did they usually, think? What were they, what did I they don't think? Know. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I, I wish, I wish I had a, I wish I had something recording the amount of times I've been asked. Um, is this your, is this artwork? Is this your artwork? <laughs> Are these hand drawn? Uh, well, well, I've even been drawing. So I'll be like drawing something and someone goes, is that hand drawn? And I remember just looking up at them and I've got my, You're like, like no, kind of my hand. My... <laughs> no, this is a robotic arm. It's, yeah. it's drawing for me. Yeah. Yes. It's, wow. Everything here is hand drawn. And, um, you know, I have a lot of fun with taking the, the time lapse videos and sharing the process with folks and, yeah. um, you know, just showing point A to point B what it takes to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was always one of my favorite uh, with the NARBC shows. They'd always have Tell Hicks there painting, and mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. his his art is pretty wonderful. And oh, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, he's a, a huge inspiration. I've got one of his prints yeah. like right over my shoulder. Here. Uh huh. Yeah, we went to Bob Ashley's place this last uh, oh, you did? October, and that was dangerous because he's got a ton of cool prints oh, and books, yeah. and yeah, I want to make we, it out there so much. Yeah, we all spent a lot of, a lot more money than we probably should have at, at his shop but yeah it was it was cool and uh bob's a he's a great guy so but oh, yeah, yeah that's uh that's um but like you said i mean the time takes you know that's it can be a good thing too because um seeing the detail and the time that it would take you know he's he's doing it in real time and you're just like oh man i don't know if i have the patience you know that's usually my mm -hmm. fault is i'm too impatient so i'm like oh, want to either hard. move on or, yeah and it doesn't I'm, get easier <laughs> yeah i think i think the other um kind of argument from you know being and and i'm sure you guys have this to some extent as artists is is a lot of times you'll um, see somebody else's work and you're just like, ah, that doesn't do it for me. You know, I'd rather see a photograph than, than that picture. And sometimes you look at these books with illustrations and you're like, oh man, they should have got a better artist to do this. You know, that, that lizard's head's wonky or, you know, it's a little off or something. Most, most, I mean, obviously most are pretty good, but, uh, there's some there's that some you really look at and you're just like, uh, I don't know. And like I said, those old, you know, 1800s ones are kind of wonky too, but they're, they're, uh, I guess, okay. kind of hold a place in the heart because they're, they're, uh, can't the be or something. But I try to think about it too is the resources that people had at the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. When you look at, um, especially for me, because I'm, I'm in, into horses and equines. Mm -hmm. And until they were able to figure out um, basically how to record their movement, nobody mm -hmm. really knew how to paint their yeah. movement. 
And so, you know, it's really neat looking at those old pieces of, you know, all their legs are kind of flailing in the air. They knew <laughs> uh, they were running. They yeah. just didn't know how to draw them running. Yeah. So you I couldn't kinda, stop it in time and look at it. Close yeah. Because there's no photographs, right? Yeah. There's no way to be able to tell. And uh -huh. I feel like you see that with some of the, the old crocodilian pieces too. Like yeah. this is probably some dude sitting like at a riverbank trying to, <laughs> trying to peek at these animals that are moving around and mm -hmm. come up with their idea of what it looks like. Exactly. So that's kind of the yeah. the thing that I think makes like all pieces, I guess, a bit charismatic for me is like, what was that person thinking at the time? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, what resources did, did they have? And uh, everybody's got their own style and skill level. And yeah, I try to appreciate it for what it is, even if it's hilarious, because there's, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's I forgot what it was, what species, some type of lizard was laying eggs. And the expression on its face was just like, <laughs> I'll have to find it and send it over uh, to you. But it yeah. looked so fed up with life. It was really funny. <laughs> That's pretty good. Maybe yeah, that yeah. was its actual expression. Maybe it really Maybe. was. Yeah, it it could, yeah. could be, yeah. It's like laying 50 It's not having a good time. The was like, perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nailed yeah. it. Yep. And so I, I, I could see that being a con if you hire the wrong artist, if they're not hiring Adeline you know, Robinson to do their <laughs> artwork, it's, it might not look so great. And so, you know, if, if they spent all this time and, and effort waiting for these for the artwork and then they get it and they're like, uh, we're going to go in a different direction, you know, that could um, mm -hmm. spoil things pretty bad, too. But uh, and everybody specializes in something differently, yeah. too, um, yeah. you know, if, especially when you're familiar with animals and anatomy you can't unsee it um and so yeah you know very frequently you know especially with like a lot of tattoo art of snakes i'm sure yeah. you guys have seen oh yeah some of those yeah you know so everybody's got their their own thing that they're into and um you know some some jobs are better for some folks rather than others like ask me to draw a cat i cannot draw a cat. <laughs> i'll draw you the worst looking cat you've ever seen <laughs> uh, yeah that's i i've that's the reason I won't get a tattoo is because I've seen so many where I'm like, Oh man. And if, if they did it wrong or didn't do it to my liking, I'd be like, then I have to live with this on my arm for the rest yeah. of my life or something. Well, yeah. and, and you know, Justin, <laughs> though, I will say that that's why artists have portfolios and that's yeah. why tattoo artists have portfolios so that you can look at their work so that when you commission them to put art on your body or <laughs> art on canvas or any, any type of art, you, you already have an idea of what, you know what their forte is and what they're they're going to be doing because yeah god forbid you you know have <laughs> yeah. them do all this work and then you're like oh no that wasn't what i mm -hmm. want like yeah no way I, I mean i would be pissed if i was the artist i'd be like you waste my fucking time <laughs> yeah like yeah know? i don't think i, I could yeah. do a, a realistic like i'd have to do some kind of symbol or something rather than a realism you know realistic tattoo but Depends on, on, yeah, your, your taste and yeah. whatever the, like, could you imagine if Tell Hicks was a, was a, um, tattoo, <laughs> tattoo artist, for example, you would know yeah. his portfolio that already. Awesome. That That's would be true. awesome. That would be awesome. He could sit and work at you, work on yeah. you at the reptile shows and stuff. Oh, yeah. that would be just tell, tell Hicks in his booth, just, yeah. just yeah. grinding on somebody's back. Yeah. Like, I'm, I want to see that. I, yeah. Sign me up. Sign me up. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. But you have some good ones, but yeah. Yeah. His portfolio, you would, you would know, you know, what he's capable of. Sure. Yeah. 
But, you know, there's always the chance that you mess up and I guess you can kind of cover up stuff. And, you know, when you're working with a a media like skin or, you know, Mm -hmm. some I I like to do uh, watercolors and those were not forgiving Mm -hmm. for mistakes, you know, so you really had to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and I I will say I will say I've seen some tattoo artists that took some horrible tattoos (laughs) and turned them into. Yeah. Like you wouldn't like like how. Like like a giant black, just ugly tattoo. And then they did this tattoo over it where you just can't even see and it looks fantastic. So, you know, uh-huh. I, I, I you know, shop your artists for sure. Yeah. For <laughs> yeah. sure. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But I you know, that that can be, I guess, the downside of ours if you get a mm-hmm. an artist that's a little, you know, off or <laughs> doesn't know what they're doing. But yeah. Yeah, you definitely wanna wanna look at portfolios and chat about what your projects are and what you're looking to have done. Mm-hmm. And they'll, you know, for the most part, they should tell you whether that's something they're capable of or not. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm more than happy to be honest with folks and go, Hey, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be able to, I can't draw your grandma with her, you know, with her cat her lizard or her dog or her cat. <laughs> like, her cat. I, I can't, I'm not capable of that. I'd be more than happy to recommend another artist that uh-huh. is. Um, but that's why, that's why it's, it's great having friends too, that do different things. Cause I've, you know, I get commissions all the time for, you know, cats or dogs or, or, you know, different, different types of animals. And I've got artist friends that specialize in that. And I go, Hey, you know, here's my friend, check out their work. And we kind of help each other out. And it's, oh, that's it's nice. Really nice to be able to have that as a resource is helping each other yeah. out. Yeah. One, one thing I, I was curious of, and this could be, you know, kind of the downside is that a lot of reptile people like to, um, buy the animals instead of spend money on other things like artwork. Has that been a hindrance? Is that, or, or, or do you find Usually, that reptile people like to, to buy the artwork? They like to buy artwork of what they have okay. or what they're really into. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of the shows that I've been at, I actually started making a list at each one of the shows because I would get so many requests for certain species that were popular mm-hmm. in that area. Mm-hmm. So as I started traveling and going to more and more shows that were farther away, um, for example, I'm from the Chicago land area. We've yeah. got maybe some Russian tortoises, some red foots or yellow foots, nothing too crazy. Yeah. Well, here I go to Florida <laughs> with no tortoise or turtle artwork for the most part. And then I get down there and realize, everybody's keeping these things outside they have the sunshine they've got the heat they've got the warmth they've got the resources to be able to be able to keep more turtles down here than you know up in illinois because it's it's Mm -hmm. cold you can't keep Mm -hmm. things outside and it's just not the right climate for it uh and so i i got so many requests for turtle artwork i i felt terrible because i was like i'm sorry i don't have any i don't know what to tell you so I've kind of been learning with like each one of the shows where I go, where I'm going or where I've gone to what people are looking for. So usually okay. people really enjoy what they keep um, or, you know, kind of popular state animals. Like in Florida, I was asked for alligator artwork and I didn't have any alligator artwork the first time I went down there um, mm-hmm. because they're, they're so popular in Florida. So definitely regionally is different. And um, a lot of people, they, they prefer to have the animals that they are really into. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think having a variety probably helps a lot too. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. my, uh, we, we were at the, like the County fair with my kids and there was this booth that, and you know, the artwork was like, okay at best, you know, it was like kind of, but 
they were busy because they had like a hundred different prints that you could buy and they were Mm -hmm. small and affordable. And so like my kids spent probably 30 bucks at their table, just, you know, on five or six or seven different uh, drawings or paintings that they did. And I'm like, man, that's, (laughs) that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, the, the artwork wasn't that great, but they had Mm -hmm. a, a a large variety. And so I think people could find what they were interested in or what they liked at the table. So I could, I guess I could see even, you know, semi great artwork is, is, uh, still valuable every, to, to people. Every reptile room could use some artwork. In it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, and so I, I gotta admit, I, I just, uh, took, uh, Ross McGibbon. I ordered, uh, uh, some of his calendars and, uh, did, I took one of the calendars apart and laminated it and put it up on in my nice. reptile room because his f- photographs are phenomenal. He's got this, uh, inland carpet picture that's just gorgeous like one of the best pictures Perfect. i've ever seen yeah it, it is artwork i mean that's mm-hmm. you know with a with a camera but i i have you know so i kind of cheated instead of buying prints from him i bought his calendar <laughs> so one of these days i'll have to get the same prints and get them in get, you know big size put them on metal or something and put them up in the room but um that that can be yeah difficult to get the the right shot and like you said posing them and getting the right lighting and things like that can be a mm-hmm. challenge but um, once you get it right it's it's pretty pretty incredible but yeah so it's do, always very satisfying. Do you have animals that Adeline, Do you have animals that you like to to draw and and do you find sometimes that what is popular may not necessarily be what your avenue of interest is. Do you find yourself working outside of like what, 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 what you enjoy working with? A hundred percent. Oh, absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Um, for me personally, I love monitors. Mm -hmm. I can talk monitors all day. Like I won't shut up about them. It's bad. (laughs) Um, and so I, I keep free monitors and they have just kind of been my love for like the last five years or so. Mm -hmm. Um, so like if it were up to me, I'd be doing a lot of, a lot of monitors, a lot of crocodilians, uh, cool venom species, really random, weird-looking, obscure species that I'll find random photographs of online. That's kind of what interests me the most. Um, I don't know if it's because I've worked with a lot of the most commonly cut species for a long time. That not that they ha- don't have a magic to them because they, yeah, I think every animal does. Yeah. But they don't quite do it for me like yeah. you know the random. It's just not where you're anole. at anymore. Yeah. It's yeah. Not random anole from yeah. South America that's super brightly colored, or like looks really weird. So that's yeah. usually kind of what I'm more attracted to. So when I first started, I didn't have any ball pythons, no leopard geckos, like nothing that anybody kept. Yeah. Um, and so after getting like a bunch of requests, you know, <laughs> over and over, you know, like six months in, I was like, okay, like I got to do, I have to at least do something that Mm -hmm. people mostly keep because that's what they're looking for. It's what they want in their homes. Um, And so I'm kind of, I'm working off of a couple lists, lists, um, a personal list of different species that I'd like to work on. And then I'm also working on kind of more of a pet list of uh, frequent requests that I'm hopefully going to be working my way down some more up this summer. Um, But Mm -hmm. yeah, it, it all takes time. Oh, for sure. Yeah, chugging for along. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's definitely what, things I prefer to draw. What species of tree monitors do you keep? Um, currently, I have uh, Macrii and Bacari. Nice. Mm-hmm. So I, was, I, I had some Cordos and I had some Racinus, but I ended up moving and kind of downsizing the amount of space that I had. 
Um, and I kind of wanted to be able to devote more time to less animals. Um, yeah, yeah. Difficult as that was to do. So luckily, I've got a lot of really wonderful friends that uh, a lot of my, some of my animals went to. So I still kind of get to keep track of them and keep tabs on them. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if I had more space, I'd probably have more. Do you have a favorite between Bakari and uh, Bakari? Um, I'm loving, I mean, I, the blues are just so bright. Yeah. That, it's hard to be you know, a blue animal. It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. It's really pretty. It's eye-catching. Living um, art. Both yeah. of they, they really are. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's what inspires me to to do what I do is I just I love them so much. I want to mm-hmm. try to kind of do right by them in the artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's a little bit difficult because I've had the female Bakari the longest out of all the, the monitors I've had. I've had her. I got her first and she's super skittish and just very nervous. She's just a nervous mm-hmm. animal. And um, so initially, like the Macri I were always just kind of my solid favorites because I've got a, a very outgoing male and then ended up getting a, a male Bakari for the female and he is just so outgoing too both of the boys are just like always <laughs> checking everything out you know yeah. I'll have my hand out and they're they're coming over and looking at it so it's it's definitely a hard pick like probably the the Macri but the Bakari is growing on me a lot yeah okay yeah, that... sorry just just curious i i like <laughs> i like tree monitors i think they're the coolest i i really like bakari i uh so i was just so curious fun. what you thought so yeah it's hard the, to the cordensis that i have yeah. wonderful personalities too and that's the, the fun thing about them is they're all so different yeah my my cordos were very very outgoing like jump on your arm the second you open the cage door <laughs> they're just fun yeah. That's yeah, cool. For sure. I still have this uh, memory just burned into my uh, retinas. It was, uh, we were walking down a, a gorge in Karajini in Western Australia. And it was like um, this red, like rock, kind of almost like a sidewalk, right? It was just the, the floor of the gorge was, was just this red rock. And then all of a sudden we hear this noise. My wife and I were walking down and we look back and see this big uh, yellow spot monitor, Panoptes, walking along, you know, just kind of cruising along the thing. And then he goes under a rock and he starts scratching his back on the rock, like raising really? up his back and scratching back and forth on the rock. I'm like, that is so cool. I, is I, got awesome. it on, I got it on video, but I didn't. I didn't get any pictures out, you know, like still frame oh, pictures. Yeah. But that is so cool. Yeah, you got to post that. It's on, it's on YouTube on, uh, uh, reptiles of Karajini, I think is the name of the, the video that I posted that on, but yeah, it was I just, just love their personalities. Cool. Yeah. It just, you know, he, he obviously knew you were there. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Just he like, walked yeah, right past I'm just us. Gonna, didn't didn't yeah. pay us any mind. Yeah. Gotta scratch his back. Uh-huh. <laughs> he, he had the, the swagger for sure, man. Those, those guys know they're the, the king of the roost out there, but it was a big one or, um, he was kind of a more medium size, but yeah, they're, they're pretty, they can mm-hmm. get pretty good, good sized out there. They're pretty intimidating animals. They have huge like biceps too. <laughs> like they yeah. do a lot really? of digging. Yeah. Their forearms are huge, oh, but cool. man, it was just seeing them out in the wild is just really cool. I think I remember your last Panopti story and I believe the way you described the animal was jacked. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> yeah. That was the one Steve grabbed by the tail and he's like, grab it, grab it by the neck. And I'm like, you grab it by the neck. That thing's huge. <laughs> <laughs> going to take my arm off. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, they're fun. Monitors are so cool. cool. That's that's a dream of mine is to get out there and go go check uh, them out. Go see yeah, them at their house. There's there's not much better than seeing them in the wild. It's a lot of fun. But you're you're yeah. talking to the right person to get you motivated to go out there, <laughs> Justin. Justin. Oh, I can't wait to get back. Yeah. yeah. One, another one where it's like I probably should draw a picture of it because I I tried to grab it before I took a picture of it. It was this. Uh, striped tail monitor out in again in western australia a little further south than the other one but it was just this beautiful mon- just perfectly posed on this uh trunk of a tree and like i'm like you know my wife is with me again i'm like wait stop you know I'm, i got it and it looked just like i could just reach out and grab it and i thought oh this is easy you know i'll just i'll sneak behind the tree and, and grab it real quick and yeah, I totally missed and it ran away and I don't have any documentation wow. of the thing. You know, I was like, dang it. But yeah, it was uh, pretty crazy. But yeah, I guess there are there are some good uh, reasons to to get some artwork done. But um, so that's I guess maybe that's another you, you kind of brought this up a little bit, but, you know, maybe a downside of being a reptile artist is, is at least, you know, early in your career can we say that you know that you you need to draw what's popular rather than what you really want to be working on maybe um and you know i imagine you probably um feel some of the (laughs) intermediate times with uh stuff you want to do but that was always my thing is like i'd always just draw stuff i wanted to do or or did the Mm -hmm. you know wood burnings of what i wanted to do and then you know i'd try to maybe sell them if if i wanted to move them on or something and everybody's like oh, i don't care about that species i don't want to have that so well, you know does it take a does it take a while to get to the point where no matter what you put out there somebody's going to buy it regardless of what it is just because it's an you know it's an adeline original <laughs> so far i've done fairly well when it comes to doing like random obscure species mm-hmm. pieces um, but I do retire old pieces as I do more. Okay. So like I did um, like Anolis proboscis, mm-hmm. like the Pinocchio anole with the long nose was yeah. like one piece that I did that like a lot of people had no idea what it was or were just like, what, what is this thing? Like, what'd you draw? Uh-huh. Um, and I did sell like quite a few prints of it, surprisingly, even though people didn't know what it was, they yeah. just thought it looked cool. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I did have him for a while and um, some other species, but I think I mean, it, it kind of just takes balance and mm-hmm. it's something I've kind of had to learn a lot last year was um, it's very easy to get burnt out on work when you're not doing anything for yourself. Yeah. When that's kind of the reason I got back into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, there were quite a few periods of time where I just didn't feel like drawing because I was just working on so many projects, you know, quote unquote for work. Yeah. that I wasn't getting any personal art in and it definitely, it took a toll on me. And so I was like, okay, I need to find a way to schedule this. So like every other piece, you know, will be a, a personal piece versus a, a fan favorite. Oh, and, cool. you know, trying to get myself to kind of not necessarily fall in love with the animal again. Cause I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I find them all fascinating and really cool, but um, just try to remember like, why the animal looks like it does, what it's had to do to adapt to be able to live the way it does. Um, you know, because obviously how it looks like ties into that directly and, you know, what the animal needs to do to survive and just kind of get get more information about them themselves. And that kind of helps get me back into the, the swing of, you know, recapturing the excitement of them. Yeah. So it definitely is is interesting playing and, and learning. Cause like I said, I'm, I'm new at this. 
I've only been doing it for almost two years now. And so mm-hmm. I've been learning a lot of, you know, what's too much, what's not enough. Um, do I only want to do, you know, stuff that people are looking for and then abandon my own stuff versus, you know, do, Ad- Adeline, do you feel like, like, um, like, like creating, and I have a friend who does music and, and he, he and his brother both did music and they had to stop for a period of time and stop making music. Cause he said, you know, it was just, we were making so much music. It burnt me out. I, I, mm-hmm. I it's exhaustive. And that, that creative, you know, that creative process and that creative energy takes its toll on you. It, it would you feel like you feel kind of, it sounds, it kind of sounds like that's what you're saying basically. And, 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 uh, so, so is, is it the balance or is it just not working too much or what, what do you, what, what would you say the, the secret to not burning out or not uh, exhausting your creative, you know, energy is? I think, well, what I'm trying now, <laughs> because I've been honestly dealing with it a lot for the last couple of years, um, because, you know, I've been trying to learn a, a balance of, you know, what's too much and, the, the hard thing, too, is when you're working for yourself and when you're trying to build a business up, you know, from scratch. And for a person like myself that can't stop thinking about that, I don't necessarily know how to relax. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's something I'm still struggling with is like the second I, I lay down in bed, my mind is racing. of like, OK, I need to get these posts out. I need to get these pieces done. I've got, you know, a few extra projects that I need to get finished up. My brain's kind of like that all the time. And um, since the beginning, I, I would take on a lot of work that, um, you know, for friends or I would want to do some really fun pieces as like donations. And I kind of got to the point where I just kind of overloaded myself mm-hmm. and had a difficult time with being able to manage the stress just from having a lot of projects cooking at once. So that was just overwhelming. And then um, once I was able to like make a list, work my way down space things out a little bit easier it's like oh this isn't that bad i'm you know i'm, I'm really enjoying this again and so mm-hmm. what i'm doing actually with you know starting this year is i'm spacing my commissions out a little bit farther apart and i'm doing time slots for mm-hmm. my logos and for my graphic design work so you know i have one week dedicated to this piece i've got another week dedicated to that rather than Let's have 10 projects at once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Smart. So yeah. I would say for like anybody new getting into it, you know, it's so important to take your own time in between to be able to breathe, to be able to catch up, to be able to get away from it for a minute. Um, Cause if you go hard at it and you don't stop and you don't take care of yourself, you just, you crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I've had that a, a few times. And so it's something that I definitely have been learning and I'll still be working on. Um, but it definitely helps to to have less projects. I feel like cooking at once because it's so nice not having to yeah. worry about a million things. Well, and I I don't think you know. I mean, I don't want to speak for people who are who aren't artistic or don't don't create art or whatever. But I I don't think the average person really can interface with that idea of how taxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how I mean how your how your brain just it kind of consumes you. Uh, mm-hmm. w- with the creative process and, and, you know, thinking about it and, and worrying about it and all that. So um, thank you. That was, that was an interesting yeah. perspective. It's really like weirdly exhausting too. Yeah. Um, because I've, I've worked, you know, plenty of 12 hour days at the pet store, or the wildlife center or whatever. And I'd be tired at the end of the day, you know, because I worked all day and 
I feel like that same feeling I'll sometimes get after spending like eight hours straight on a piece. Mm-hmm. It's not quite the same amount of time, but I feel like the amount of mental effort and concentration and work that goes into it is almost like condensed. Yes. Yeah. So yes. after pretty much almost after like every piece that I do, because usually I try to do it either all in one chunk or between like two days, I try to yeah. get them knocked out. Um, I'm dead. I'm so tired <laughs> at the end of them. Like they, they take all of my energy and um, you know, if, if there's too many that are done back to back, it definitely gets to be just like really draining. Um, and so like, got to take a couple days to rest in between and then I'll, I'll start back at it again. Cause yeah, it's, it can be a lot, especially with, you know, detail work and scales. Oh, yeah. I feel that way. I feel that way about reptiles too. So I mean, yeah. here you, here you are doing reptiles and doing art and it's, you know, so <laughs> de- I definitely feel you on it being such a tricky balance and especially for you. I mean, so yeah, um, yeah it's a, uh, it's tough. It's, it is tough. Yeah, I have a hard time putting it down, you know, like when you start something, if it's going really well, and then all of a sudden I realize my back is all cramped up because I'm hunched over, Mm -hmm. like my hand. Oh, I feel like a shrimp. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And yeah, like I got to stand up and move around. My eyes are all bugging out, you know, Mm -hmm. because I'm focusing so hard. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to catch up there. Oh, no, it it definitely is. um, It's a total similarity, though, with keeping. And with reptiles mm-hmm. as well as, you know, when you're getting overloaded with a really big collection and if you're the only person managing it and you're just trying to keep up, it can kind of, they can sap you and take that, that passion away at times. And I've seen, seen a lot of friends go through it. I've gone through it mm-hmm. where sometimes you just, you need help or downsizing time or you need to go mm-hmm. get away for a minute. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's probably something that if you're at all serious into reptiles, you, you experience that at one point in time where you're like, ah, there's just so many cool animals. I want to own everything. And then you get so far into it to at a certain point, you're just like, oh crap, I fucked (laughs) up. Like, so yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a balance. Definitely. Yeah. And I guess that's in, in any aspect of life, like you're saying, sure. you need to For stop sure. and take a break and give yourself a chance to recuperate before you start the next piece. And yeah, you can definitely work yourself into, into a bad place sometimes, or no matter what you're doing, I guess. But well, I don't I, know, man. <clears throat> sometimes I ask, sometimes I ask my non reptile friends like, Oh, what'd you do this weekend or whatever? It sounds like they had a pretty chill weekend. Didn't have a whole lot going on. I was busy all weekend though. So, Uh, you know, sometimes I I do, I do feel like us reptile folks end up working uh, a little few more hours than some of our non reptile friends. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's, you know, a good point of learning what, what your limits are, where it becomes not enjoyable and where where you can keep it as a, fun hobby or i mean if it's a business you got to put in the work regardless you know yeah, you, mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of that same argument about, you know doing the if you're making reptiles a business you got to do what's popular for the a lot of you know the stuff you breed you might have a couple pet projects that keep it interesting for yourself but mm-hmm. for the most part you gotta keep you the staples clients. and you gotta you know yeah because everybody comes into the store looking for a boa or a ball python or the same things you know it's hard to mm-hmm. get people out of that out of that mindset you know i i keep stuff i like because i have a day job and i can afford to work with stuff that's not as popular or mainstream or whatever and so well, i spend I, most of my time at reptile shows just educating people about anteresia or you know the and and i think you know what a great tie-in you know adeline is 
creating art and obviously maybe somebody hasn't seen that that animal in that piece of art but maybe that's a way it draws them in yeah. just like you writing books or you into stuff and and are trying to teach people about it i i think you kind of have to uh you have to be the one out there expanding people's horizons so that's true um, yeah it's a good you know, service in a lot yeah of for sure absolutely 100 yeah. percent. so yeah, well, I can't think of anything else to throw at you. I've kind of run out of uh, ideas about uh, maybe cons to artwork in the reptile hobby. So good job. Yeah, you beat up on me pretty good here. <laughs> so fierce. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's definitely fun discussing it and yeah. talking about it, though. I mean, it, I, mean I, I guess another thing that could be said that I've heard a lot is... Um, I not I've heard for me personally, but mm -hmm. from other artists that have been told like, oh man, it's a shame you can't make a living off of that, or you know, it's mm -hmm. a shame you can't you can't actually make a life. And I feel like the that starving artist stereotype, you know, from back in the day before we had social media and ways to market ourselves is is definitely still out there. And a lot of people have that yeah. mindset, not realizing um, how important artwork is, not only in you know looking at it for fun but just for shirts for signs for logos for mm -hmm. you know any type of design everything yeah. that's been designed has been designed by somebody yeah. so yeah. There's, there's just so many aspects of it yeah it makes life interesting i mean life without art would not be very enjoyable i think yeah yeah well yeah, yeah I, th I, just... I think people take for granted how interwoven art is with with culture uh and and i think it's easy to take an artist for granted um and and i think that's part of where that well you, and i think that's like our parents stereotype kind of thing like what are you gonna do with your life because you can't make any mm -hmm. money being an artist yeah. you gotta you be know? a doctor like, lawyer you know the, yeah. the big four like, or whatever yeah yeah, have you been have you been on Instagram? There are people making a living off of Instagram. Like, get the yeah. heck out of there. They're just taking yeah. pictures of themselves. Like, get the heck out of here. Yeah, we, we're in a strange world, place right? right now. Yeah. Like all these I see all these YouTube guys that are building these giant zoos and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, maybe I should have just made a video every day for the last 10 right. years, and then I could be building a giant zoo or whatever but yeah is i don't that know what you, is that what you want to do justin is build a giant hey zoo? what what reptile person hasn't thought of having a zoo at one time or another am i right like i feel I, like i do have a zoo i got yeah, cattle like, dogs a family a bunch yeah. of reptiles it, it's a freaking zoo around you don't here. have a line outside your house with people paying you to look at your says <laughs> cattle you. dogs no, your business right idea there. yeah there you <laughs> yeah. go uh-huh but yeah, I, you know, that or a pet store, I think most reptile people think, ah, oh, that would be cool to own a pet store or own a zoo, but yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel like, I feel like it, it's, it's cool on its surface. Like it, it's like, you're like, this would be awesome. But when you get down into it, it would be really hard. It <laughs> yeah. would be really hard. I, I used to have that dream with, with both and with having a, a equine, like a boarding facility for horses yeah. too. But yeah. after working so closely with, Pet, you know in pet stores and working so closely <laughs> at a wildlife center which was a small private zoo and at yeah. boarding facilities i'm like nah it's a lot yeah. of work yeah. <laughs> i'll enjoy yeah. it i'll, I'll yeah. go, go visit my yeah. friend's stores um yeah. and you know there's there's one store out here that i used to work at that i still work very closely with um because uh 
the owner that owns it now, we both used to work there you know, before he, the older owners retired. And like, it's a ton of work. It has mm-hmm. just been insane. And some, some weeks are just so stressful. So I'm like, I, I don't envy it. I admire it and I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to do it. Though. <laughs> well, I, I'm excited to go see uh, Ty Park Sue. I think he's. That looks amazing. Done a fantastic mm-hmm. job with that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm hoping to, to go down and visit as well. Like just yeah. that the hosts and the updates are just super cool. Yeah. There's so many fun places. And that, that's, that's another thing that I love about what I'm able to do now is being able to go check out other people's collections and zoos yeah. and still be still yeah. be involved you know mm-hmm. but at the same time not quite with the responsibility part of it so, mm-hmm. yeah. has that has so has your um i guess art career required a lot more travel than than you were before like are you doing i never did of, yeah i i've been going to reptile shows for about 10 years now but they were always local so like mm-hmm. the nrbc finley park show sewer fest in wisconsin like those were my staple shows that i had gone for so long because i never had her you know i was always working for somebody so taking time off was always kind of a, yeah. a, a pain and i never road tripped or really had a reason to go out of state and so now you know now that i've got a van to be able to travel and you know we're, we're able to kind of pick up and go i you know had never driven to florida before now we've been to florida twice we've been going to texas and it's been fun being able to go down you know, check out different pet stores or facilities or, um, you know, zoos and be able to chat with people and network. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. There. Even though I don't technically work with the animals quite as much anymore, I still get to spend a lot of time seeing them, you know, mm-hmm. working with my own animals at home and being able to check out other people's animals and learn. Yeah. It's been a blast. That's cool. See, that would be cool. uh, that would yeah. be a dream to just be able to travel from reptile show to reptile show. I mean, some you know might get a little tedious after a while, but you know that'd be a lot of cool, especially if you can plan like a visit of a, a facility mm-hmm. or you know go herping in different places. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's, cool. that's what I'm hoping to, to do more of for sure. Yeah, get, get some more herping. Usually, after like after being gone for about two weeks, I definitely started getting a little antsy about wanting to get back and check on the animals but i mean it's, yeah it's a lot of fun for sure mm-hmm. that's cool so do you have like a circuit set up of shows you visit now or are you adding yeah, to that or looking to expand a little or? bit of both uh-huh. I'm, I'm hoping to to be able to continue to expand so right now i hit up all the narbc shows mm-hmm. uh i've been doing daytona florida i just had the the second one uh that i have ever done so i haven't been doing that for super long um and then some of the show me shows uh, I usually do the Janesville one and sometimes Sewer Fest in Wisconsin if I can. But I was I was actually hoping to make it out west. Um, I know Pomona's coming up. I was going to try to see if I could make that happen, but it's I've got a lot going on right now. And so I'm yeah. just trying to get yeah. things together as it is. Pomona's well, I'd like to make show. it out, out there at some point. So yeah. I've heard a lot of great things about it. I've, I've never gone out west really before past uh, you know the Arlington show. So hmm. I want to check that out. So now compared to the, like the shows and stuff, how much uh, business is online? Like just from, you know, your website? It depends or, on or... how much posting and marketing I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, last year I did not, did <laughs> I was not on top of my posting or marketing or social media. Um, I kind of let it drop for a bit. And so I didn't really get a whole lot of online orders in without people knowing like, that there was stuff online. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, a, a big part of uh, what I do is going to the shows, you know, tons of people are walking by, I'm chatting with a lot of folks. What's 
a lot of fun too is a lot of people that I've met um, or that have like commented or found me online, I'll get to meet in person. And so it's always really fun being able to yeah. meet them. So yeah, the, the shows are really big. Um, and then doing like logo client work are kind of my two main things. Mm-hmm. Um, but since I've been trying to pick up posting again and creating content, I've been getting more online orders. So I'm hoping to kind of keep that going too. Yeah. So definitely it's a lot of like, a lot of what is, what is it they say like pokers in the fire or whatever yeah but, a lot of yeah. irons in the fire yeah, yeah a lot of irons in the fire yeah, yeah. um so it's it's a lot yeah. to kind of handle at times so i'm i'm very lucky my boyfriend helps me with uh you know a lot of aspects of that as well so i can focus on drawing because that's the hard part another yeah. you know talk yeah. about balance is trying to figure out how to create content and do you know, videos and photos and editing and prints and shop, as well as creating pieces that take yeah. a lot, long amount of time. So I, mm-hmm. you know, I see a lot of content creators that are shooting their animals or going places and shooting and have to remind myself, like, I'm trying to create content, then create content in multiple layers. So it's, yeah. it can be a lot at times, but create content like of your content. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> well, I feel good like I'm have... starting to get my groove. Good, yeah. good, good to have somebody helping you. I, I'm such a fan mm-hmm. of the, of, of the phrase teamwork, making the dream work. So, um, oh, for sure, you know, yeah. yeah, I'm very, very grateful for that. Definitely helps a lot, especially with, uh, photographing the prints and editing them and, you know, getting them onto prints and shipping. Like it's, it's a lot. Like there's a, mm-hmm. a lot yeah. to it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you ever see a time where you just, you know, have prints and not, not be creating new stuff or you, is that just not in your, in your wheelhouse? You just got to be. Never thought being, that far ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> making new stuff. Okay. So like <laughs> not it's not a goal to have like yet. a certain number of pieces and then you're um, like, okay, I'm good. Here we go. That's, this I don't is my know, inventory. I, my, my unofficial goal is to try to do like one of every species if I can, which obviously is impossible because how would you do such a thing? Yeah. But, you know, I just I want to want to continue drawing things that inspire me, things that I love. I would like to be able to get to a point where I don't have to, um, I guess, worry about yeah. how much I have to post and how frequently I'd, I'd love that. I'd love to not have to worry about that so I can just kind of focus on creating. Um, so we'll, we'll see, hopefully, maybe in the future. But my my goal currently is we've got a sprinter van that we've converted to be able to sleep in and kind of camp out of. Mm-hmm. So with some of the trips that I've been going on, we've been going herping yeah. and trying to get photos and videos of some of the animals that we get to see. And my my goal is to be able to like travel the country, go herping, take <laughs> photos and do artwork of the animals. So it Heck sounds yeah. very, that's, maybe that's like legit. idealistic. That's legit as uh, shit though. That's yeah, awesome. You're, that's you're, the dream you're, right there. <laughs> you're, you're getting out, having an experience, you know, yeah getting to herp and creating a a, a a living memory of that that's i, I that's yeah. the coolest shit ever to that's me. what i'm hoping for yeah. i i we went herping in uh florida the last time we were at daytona in august and um chris spotted a, a little baby pygmy teeny mm. little pygmy rattler uh-huh. um going across the pass and we got a bunch of photos of them and i'm like i need to draw this a little bit like, <laughs> That's it's, awesome. it's just so fun being able to have a story with each piece too yeah. and i i yeah. try to do that kind of with every piece that i do now um i prefer to use reference photos from people that i know or not necessarily know in person but know online 
Um, so like from different breeders or different keepers or just friends of mine that have full species, I like to reach out to them as opposed to like hopping on Google and trying to find like a royalty free photo. It's, it's nice <laughs> right. to be able to have a story with the animal to be able to like, not that I have a huge following, but try to promote the breeder, or like whoever produced it or whoever, whoever it's referenced from. Yeah. So we can kind of like help each other out and, you know, I go like, Hey, this is, you know, snuggles the so-and-so species or i don't know like give it a give it a story so it's, yeah. it's kind of more fun well and it's it's interesting when you look at like artists who kind of you know are 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 taking you know modern social issues or things like that and they're turning it into artists kind of a social commentary and that's kind of some of the role of artists. And I think it's really interesting that here you are, you know, going out, doing herp trips, doing, you know, some of the most interesting things in herpetoculture and then turning that into art. It, it really is kind of in, you know, lockstep with the, 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 what I feel like is the heart and soul of an artist, you know? So I, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, where can uh, people find your art or where can they learn more about you? Um, if you go to AdelineRobinsonArt.com or AdelineRobinsonArt.com or just AdelineRobinson.com or AdelineRobinson.com, uh, it'll take you to my website and I've got my social media info. I've got my web store and I've got my commission information listed on there. So should cover everything. Um, but yeah, just AdelineRobinsonArt on Facebook and Instagram. Cool. Awesome. Adeline awesome. Robinson Art. Yeah, you've heard it and go check it out. <laughs> She does some really fantastic work. I've really been, I mean, your, your artwork is the kind that I look at and go, okay, that's good. I don't have to go, Oh, ah, that's a little <laughs> off, you know? Well, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. I'm always, I'm always trying to get better. So hopefully, hopefully in the future, I can look back at my artwork now and be like, yeah, I've gotten a lot better since then. <laughs> I'm always, always trying. Well, you're, you're, it's really great stuff. Yeah. You do a good job. So. Yeah. We, really appreciate you coming on it's been a lot of fun talking to you yeah this has been good Thank you likewise i i like i like these you know i mean we can you know integrating art into into reptile talk is what a what an awesome thing to do so <laughs> yeah a lot of fun yeah yeah well um again thanks for coming on and we appreciate our uh, listeners out there and thanks for listening and Go check out uh, Morelia Python's radio uh, network. Check out all the shows they've got. I think we're also there's there's new new things we're contractually obligated to say. I can't remember what they are. Do you recall, Chuck? <laughs> I should have reviewed that before we launched into this, but I'll get it right next time. How's that? Check we out. <laughs> are failing in our contractual obligations <laughs> for this show. Our apologies, uh, Podfather. <laughs> uh, yeah, Morelli Python's network. Yeah, Morelli, is it MorelliPythons.com? Um, anyway, there's there's all the information you'll ever need there. So we'll, we'll get it better next time, Eric. Sorry. Uh, awesome. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks for listening to Reptile Fight Club, and we'll catch you next week. Adeline, Justin, and Chuck are out. Fight Club. 